I wanted to keep this podcast episode light and fun because, well, it's my 30th birthday, which is crazy to me. I feel like I can't believe that my 20s are over, even though I'm not exactly mad about it. I'm excited for my 30s. And because of my 30th birthday, I wanted to offer you $15 off any of my programs. You can use the code LISA30 for $15 off any of my programs. I will link to my programs below in the show notes. Thanks for helping me celebrate. Welcome to Rehab for Runners, the podcast for runners who are ready to get out of pain and run with more confidence. Dr. Lisa will guide you with the clarity you need to unleash your potential with tools, practical tips, and exercises so you can enjoy your runs and exceed your goals. I don't think it's hit me that I'm 30 yet, even though my joints and my body like to think otherwise. I've noticed that I've really had to prioritize my post-run mobility and pre-run warm-up. I remember when I used to run and it was just put your shoes on and go out the door and just start running before you even left the driveway, really. Or my favorite is finish your run, get in the car and drive home for like 20 minutes. So you just go from running, I would stop at the car and then just sit for 20 minutes and wonder why I felt so stiff after getting out of the car. But that has clearly changed. I mean, it has to change now that I'm getting older. It's just always very eye-opening, the things that I used to do when I was younger. And one of the things that I'm doing now that I'm getting older and really getting more into racing, becoming more serious about my racing and my training, is trying to improve my running form. So today I thought I would just kind of freestyle it and I'm going to be answering 30 running form questions. These are very general running form questions that were asked on my Instagram. So I thought I would just do 30 rapid fire questions because it's my 30th birthday. So why not? Before we get started with these questions, I just want to say thank you Thank you for your support, whether you follow me on Instagram or TikTok or my YouTube, and obviously now listening to my podcast. I was just talking with my boyfriend, thinking back to even two years ago when I started to put more content on my Instagram about running, and then I hit this huge imposter syndrome wall. I remember I was at a run club, and it was very hot in the summer. I could barely keep up with this run club. And I just remember thinking, well, if I can't do this, how am I going to help anyone with their running? And that was really coming down from the fact that I walked a little bit during my run, which is just mind blowing to me now. But I just want to say thank you. I know I've grown a lot from putting content out there and hopefully I've helped you a little bit along the way too. All right, let's get started with question one. Should I change my foot strike? The answer is No. (laughs) The answer comes down to no. You might feel like that is going to give you an immediate decrease in pain from your injury, but there's so much more to an injury than just how your foot is hitting the ground. If you change your foot strike or you're interested in changing your foot strike, I would highly recommend that you um, work with a professional because you don't want to do this on your own. You could 
a thousand percent injure yourself more you're more likely to get a stress fracture so i always don't recommend changing a foot strike there's other ways that you can decrease your pain so the summary is no question two is do shoes have to do with speed i would say sometimes because you want to look at the heel drop and you also want to look at the weight of a shoe now they make shoes now that have incredible technology in them and they're designed for more speed like maybe a racing shoe so I would say that they could have to do with speed they're not going to make you two minutes faster in your mild time compared to maybe a shoe that you've been training in so don't expect like these huge pickups because of a certain shoe I would say in general you just want to pick a shoe that's comfortable and lightweight maybe you have a racing shoe but don't expect you know huge gains just because you change shoes Question three, where should I be looking when running? I recommend that you look almost like your gaze is at when you're driving. So think about when you're driving. You're not looking straight up. You're not looking, you know, a mile ahead. You're also not looking straight down. You want to think about your neck position when you're running, just like you do when you're driving for a long period of time. So if you look up, Think about like looking up just a little bit, like you poke your chin up, which I'm doing right now. If you poke your chin up, that creates this hinge in your cervical spine and your neck right behind your head. So over time, that's not going to be very ideal. But also if you look straight down, now you're creating a hinge the other way and you're lengthening those muscles in the back of your neck, which over time is not going to feel great either. So you really want to think about bringing your neck into more of a neutral position. So that's not necessarily looking straight ahead. It's more so looking down. I would say if straight ahead is 90 degrees, you want to look at about 70 degrees from your body to looking up. So it's almost like looking three-fourths the way up. You just don't want to look all the way up and you don't want to look all the way down. Question four, how do I know if I'm activating my glutes correctly? Well, You are activating your glutes unless you've had like some sort of traumatic injury, you've had a stroke somewhere, some sort of incident where you've had nerve damage. But in terms of activating your glutes correctly, and you're not really sure, this is basically how I'm taking this question is how do I know if I'm like using my glutes correctly? So ideally, if you're not sure, then I recommend you get a running form analysis. You are activating your glutes correctly when your hip is getting into enough hip extension, your trunk is in that pretty upright position, and you're able to push off appropriately. You're not activating your glutes correctly if your hip is stiff into hip extension, or maybe your hips and glutes are weaker, then you're not activating them to your full potential. But this really is hard to assess if you don't have a running form analysis done. You might feel like you're using your glutes correctly because maybe you do squats and lunges and deadlifts, but that doesn't mean that you're using them to your full potential when you're running because it really comes down to having that full hip mobility and a hip extension with your leg behind you and also having that hip stability. Question five, who should work on their running form? I like to say there's two different runners that should work on their running form. Those who are injured or have a history of injuries is number one. And number two is those who are trying to increase their speed or have really big running goals. Question six, what is the number one common running form mistake you see? I would say I'm going to have a top two here. I would say overstriding and also lack of hip extension. Overstriding is super common. That's probably more common than lack of hip extension. They usually go hand in hand though. 
Um, but I would say those two. Number seven, what causes hip drop? So hip drop is, real hip drop is caused by lack of glute medius strength. And hip drop just means that your pelvis is dropping on one side, usually in stance phase or when you're standing on one leg, think like a single leg squat if your hip is dropping on one side. And what causes it is contralateral glute med strength. So if you're standing on your right leg and your left hip is dropping, it's coming from right glute med weakness and vice versa. So if your hip is dropping, you want to strengthen your glutes. Um, I wouldn't just blame, you know, gluteus medius. Usually if gluteus medius is weak, gluteus maximus is weak too. So make sure you're strengthening all the glutes. Question eight, should my arms rotate when I run? The answer is no. I'm going to take this very literally. Your arm should not rotate when you run. Your thoracic spine should rotate when you run. So when you're swinging your arms, if you're just standing there, your arm should pump back and forth. There shouldn't be a ton of rotation. When you start to take a stride, that's when the thoracic spine starts rotating and causes some movement. And it's also keeping up with your leg position, causing a counter rotation of your pelvis and your thoracic spine. So to keep it simple, your arm should not rotate when you run, but your thoracic spine should. So you might notice some cross body movement, which is okay. Question nine, do I need to perform running drills before every run? The answer is no. I like to say perform running drills if you're focusing on your running form, but they don't have to be before every single run. Ideally, maybe you're doing running drills two times a week before your runs. Question 10, how do I increase speed? Easy answer, increase the amount of power your body can produce. If you can increase the amount of power your body can produce, you're able to increase those fast switch muscle fibers and you're able to increase speed. Now this can look like doing plyometrics outside of running. This can look like running really easy on your slow, easy run days. This can also look like just adding in speed workouts. And this stuff takes time. Don't expect miracles overnight. Question 11, how do I decrease my risk for injury? This is a loaded question. <laughs> um, let's see. In terms of running, a lot of factors. So I'm just going to name them off. Decrease your stress. Make sure you're fueling correctly. Make sure you're sleeping a good amount because that's how your muscles repair and recover. Make sure you're strength training. Make sure you're working on your running form. Make sure you're taking rest days. Make sure you're running easy on your slower days. Make sure you're sticking to your training plan, not increasing your mileage too much. Make sure you also have that right strength training plan. I don't know if I'm forgetting any, but those are the ones that come. Oh, and also make sure you're doing mobility, like a pre-run warm-up and post-run mobility. Okay, question 12. How do I use my glutes more when I'm running? It's a very similar question. I would say using your glutes more when you're running, you need to strengthen them outside of running. So in terms of strength training and then working on your running form, they're two different things. There is carryover from your strength training to your running form, but if you don't have that proper running form that's efficient, the strength training is only going to matter so much. Like if you're not used to getting that hip behind you, it doesn't necessarily matter how strong your glutes are because you're not able to get that hip through that full range of motion, which can sound complicated, but a lot of the time strength training does carry over into your running form, but you still need to address your running form. You still need to learn the basics and you still need to be able to keep improving your running form. So how do I use my glutes more when I'm running? First thing I would do is focus on glute strength in your workouts. Question 13, can addressing my running form decrease my pain or should I also rehab? 
I would do both. I would say with my one-on-one clients, like I always look at both, especially if they are running while they're rehabbing. Let's say you have Achilles pain that you're able to rehab and it is gone and then you start running again and the pain comes back. So obviously here running is that common factor that's causing the pain. So if you're, let's say, overstriding when you're running, so you're putting more stress through your Achilles tendon, then that pain is never going to go away or it's going to have a lot of trouble going away because you're putting more load and more force through your Achilles tendon. So the rehab part is great. I'm glad you rehabbed it, but now you have to address your running form so we can prevent that overstride and prevent that pain from coming back. Because the whole idea of rehab is you're rehabbing the injury so the pain goes away, but you also want to factor in prehab where you're also preventing that injury from coming back. Question 14, what are some form essentials to have? I would say top, I'll say four form essentials to have, like what's important in your running form. One, your arm swing because your arms control your legs. Two, your trunk position because your trunk position can definitely make or break your speed or your running efficiency. Three, I would say your leg swing. You really want to focus on having that good leg swing back and forth. And number four, where your foot is hitting the ground is also very important. You want to make sure you're not overstriding and you're landing closer under your center of mass. Number 15, is knee knocking bad and how do I correct it? So knee knocking can be a thing where you are born that way or that's just the way that your joints work. That would be more of like a, you see someone knee knocking in a static position, just in standing or in a dynamic position. But if they're only knee knocking, which means their knees are caving in, in a dynamic position, like let's say they squat and their knees cave in, it's not the end of the world. I would just say that maybe it's a ha- it could be a habit. It could also be a weakness. So if anything's a weakness in the body, I would say strengthen it. Number 16, how do you get your arms and shoulders to not tense up while running? So with this question, I like to use certain cues like relax your jaw, relax your tongue, focus on your breathing. A lot of the time, tensing shoulders and your neck and your arms can come down to your breathing techniques. Like if you're using your accessory muscles, which means like your chest and your upper trap to breathe versus your diaphragm, which is under your ribs and more in like your stomach area. And if you chest breathe or you're using those accessory muscles, you're more likely to shrug your shoulders when you're running, which can cause a lot of tension in that upper trap or your arms or shoulders. So I would say using cues such as relaxing your shoulders, relaxing your jaw and your tongue, and also focusing on breathing. Now, I've also seen the flip side where a hydro pack can cause a lot of tension in your shoulders. If that's the case, I would use a new hydro pack. I love Drankful. I will link it below. It is the best one out there. It doesn't move when you're running, which I know can cause a lot of shoulder tension and a lot of neck pain as well. Question 17. What's the best upper body form? So I would say the best and most ideal upper body form like overview is one, you have a strong arm swing, you're moving that thoracic spine, you're rotating it as you run, your hands are not in a tense fist position, but they're also not too loose, your head is not poking forward and creating that hinge at your neck, your head is back and it's stacked, ears are stacked on top of your shoulders, I would say that's the most ideal upper body form and it's going to lead to the most efficient results.
Question 18, how do I prevent elbows from flaring out? So elbows flaring out can be a couple things. It actually could be hip weakness. It could be a habit. It could be lack of external rotation of the shoulders. It could be lack of shoulder stability. So there's a couple different reasons why the elbows could be flaring out. So I would say first, try to see if you can run without your elbows flaring out. You can always practice that in the mirror. But if you can't actually get into that position, that's where you need to focus on some of the other factors that I listed. Question 19, how do I know if my running form is wrong? There's no such thing as wrong running form. There's just efficient and non-efficient running form. Your running form could work great for your body, but not as ideal for the next person's body. So you want your running form to work with your body. You want it to be natural, smooth, and efficient. And efficient really comes down to, can you run at a certain pace for a long period of time without getting fatigued? So if your elbows are flaring out, that's not necessarily efficient because that's energy wasted that you could be using elsewhere in your running form. So I wouldn't say like your running form is ever wrong. It just might, I always say the word efficient or not as efficient. Question 20, how does one stop overstriding? So this overstriding, you really have to look at the whole picture of someone's running form. And I really talk about this in Running Form Academy, which will be coming out soon, but it's not an easy fix. Okay. It's not just take shorter steps. And I've talked about that in the recent episode about cadence, because that just leads to quicker leg turnover and not necessarily your body being more efficient with your running form. When it comes to overstriding, you want to look at what is the head position look like? What is the arm position? What is your trunk doing? What is your leg swing look like? Because all those different factors are going to play into where your foot hits the ground in relationship to your body. Because we want to prevent that foot from stretching way out in front of us and overstriding. We want to get it so that foot lands right under your center of mass. So you have to take certain steps. I love working with the top down approach when it comes to running form, which means you are looking at your head and your arm swinging, your trunk position, your leg swing before you even look at where your foot is hitting the ground, because all of those factors are going to control where your foot hits the ground versus saying, oh, just shorten your stride, you know, just, you know, take short choppy steps and then you're not overstriding, but that's just going to lead to other issues because now it's not as efficient. So I would say, Go through Running Form Academy if you don't want to overstride because there's a lot that goes into it. Running Form is rarely ever just quick, quick fixes. Question 21, first thing I should focus on in my running form. I like to focus on the arm swing first in the head position. The arms control the legs. If you pump your arms faster when you're running, your legs are going to move faster. Because of this counter rotation that your thoracic spine rotates as your arm swings and your pelvis is rotating as well, which controls what your hips are doing. So it is all connected. And I would say if you're going to focus on one thing first, one, make sure you're only focusing on one thing at a time and also just focus on like your arm swing or head position. Question 22, cues to drive knees higher. So you could use a cue drive your knees higher. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, you want to make sure that if you're driving your knees higher, you're also increasing your speed because when you increase your speed, your hip flexors are going to turn on more. Your quads are going to turn on more. So you don't want to just have a high knee drive when you're running really at that easy, slow pace. If you are focusing on your knee drive, I hope it's during a speed workout. 
Question 23, how to engage core when running and breathing. So if you've gone through the core essentials program, then you've realize that breathing and core engagement and activation should all be happening at the same time. It shouldn't be you holding your breath because if you are holding your breath while you feel like you're activating your core, you're really just bearing down. You're really just increasing that intra-abdominal pressure. Think about like if someone's about to punch you in your stomach, like you, that's when you really brace. And that's not what we want to be doing when we're running. It's not really functional in a dynamic motion. So how to engage your core when running? I recommend that one, you start by activating your core outside of running and focusing on that breathing. Core essentials is a great place to start for a program. All right, next question, 24. How do I determine if I have hip drop? So if you have hip drop, this seems to be a common theme about hip drop. But reality is not as many people have hip drop as they think. But to determine if you have hip drop, you really have to record yourself from the front or the back. I like the back view so you can see what the pelvis is doing while that one leg is on the ground and the other leg is up. So recording yourself running from the back is the best way to determine if you have hip drop or if you don't want to take those steps, you can just have someone analyze your running form. All right, question 25. How do I stop arching my back when I'm running? I would say if you're arching your back when you're running, first, you really want to focus on pelvic control and core strength, um, coming back to core strength. But also, I would look at if your hips are tight, is this just a compensation of really tight hips causing your low back to kind of take up that motion or is this something where your lumbar spine is hypermobile? So a couple different factors. I would say work on your core strength, work on your hip mobility. That's the first two places I would start. Question 26. Can slower cadence mess up gait at slower pace and lead to injuries? So a slower cadence, and I talked about this in the cadence episode a couple episodes back, but a slower cadence is really coming down to a slower speed. So it's okay if your cadence isn't 180. That's not the goal. But if you're running at a slower speed, your cadence is going to be slower or lower as well. So most of the time too, a lot of runners don't run as slow as they think they should run. Their slow run is The problem isn't necessarily that they're running too slow. The problem is that they're usually running too fast. I rarely see the issue where runners are running too slow during their easy runs versus they're usually usually just running too fast, too quick during their easy runs. So I wouldn't say that a slower cadence is going to mess up someone's running form or lead to injuries. It's really going to come down to your foot strike. Where is your foot hitting the ground? What does your running form look like during these slower paces and running at a lower cadence? All right, next question. How to increase cadence? Increase your speed. (laughs) Next question. Best way to transition from tread to outdoor running? I do this a lot actually because actually this is a funny story. Right now, I mean, I live in Richmond, Virginia in the suburbs and right now all over Facebook, (laughs) gotta love Facebook, and like the Nextdoor app and the Ring app, there's a black bear and their cub that are wandering around 
my suburbs very, very close to me. So I'm like refusing to run outside right now because who knows what that bear could do. And I usually run like where there's woods and I just do not even want to deal with that. So I've been, definitely been transitioning from tread to outdoor running on and off. It definitely depends on the weather as well. I would say best way to transition is keep giving yourself variety of terrain. So terrain could be the tread, terrain could be the road, terrain could be a trail. Give yourself that variety. So I wouldn't say do all of your training on the tread and then, you know, run outside once a month. You want to kind of flip-flop it if you can. I know it definitely depends on your schedule and your lifestyle and where you live. But ideally, maybe you're running once on the tread during the week and mostly outside, but you just want to give yourself that variety. Don't try to do all your runs, you know, on the tread and then one of your runs throughout the month outside. If you're going to use the tread, use it in addition to running outside. Don't use it to replace running outside because it can feel very different. Next question, running form with a stroller. I can't say this is something I've ever done. It looks very difficult. Um, but biggest thing I would say is just kind of like if someone's using a walker, make sure your trunk is upright. Make sure you're not leaning too far forward. Don't expect to go at the same pace. Also, you're taking like your arm swing out of it. So consider that. Consider a walk jog too if you need to because now you're pushing more load. So it's definitely a whole different beast. And take note of your heart rate as well. All right, two more questions. I hope I haven't been going too fast through this, but I have just been trying to answer them quickly. Question 29, what muscles should I strengthen to increase my speed? So you want to look at the muscles that are activated more when you increase your speed. And just to give you a rundown of those powerhouse muscles, you have the quads, the hamstrings, the hip flexors, the glutes, and the soleus. Those are like the power five muscles. So you want to make sure those are very strong, but you also want to make sure you have that stability and mobility, and you're also working on your power, like I mentioned before. Question 30, how soon should I see results if I'm focusing on my running form and trying to increase my speed? So if you're focusing on your running form, which you should be if you're trying to increase your speed, I want you to just make sure you're focusing on one thing at a time. It's not true that if you focus on more than one thing that you're going to see faster results because realistically, that's just going to make you confused. It's going to make your running form feel awkward. So just focus on one thing at a time, whether that's trunk position, arm swing, head position, that sort of thing. The other thing is with speed, speed takes time and it depends on how fast you want your speed to be. If you're saying, oh, I just want to, you know, knock 10 seconds off my 10K time, then that's not going to be as bad as, oh, I want to, you know, increase my pace by a minute. All of those things are going to take time though. And it's also going to depend on the day. It's going to depend on the weather, the humidity, your breathing, your heart rate, like all these different things. So when it comes to speed, give it time, like a lot of time, like months and months. I hope that helps. <laughs> so there you have it. 30 rapid fire questions. That was really fast. And I know I talked really fast during it, but I appreciate you. Make sure you use discount code Lisa30 for $15 off any program. I will link them below. If you have any questions, you can just email me at drlisadpt at gmail.com. And as always, thank you and have a great run.